0: Welcome into the Leadership Legacy Podcast, where we interview influential leaders who learn the why and how they turn their passions into progress that set them on the path to leaving their legacy. Welcome in to another special edition of the Leadership Legacy Podcast. This is episode number 28 and the final episode of season one. We're throwing it back to episode number 19 with Whitley Dykes, who owns and runs, dumps like a truck, food truck with a cause. If you listened to this episode already back in back in the middle of the season, you know how awesome of a guy Whitley is and his the power of his testimony. But if you haven't heard this episode I encourage you to to listen to this in its its entirety. It is a long episode, uh, but there's just so much good information there that we didn't want to edit it any more down than it is. So grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back and relax, and listen to The Whitley Dykes from Dumps Like a Truck. Welcome in to episode 19 of the Leadership Legacy podcast. I'm sitting with Whitley Dykes from Dumps Like a Truck. And we're gonna talk about Dumps Like a Truck, and we're gonna talk about Whitley, and why he has a company called Dumps Like a Truck. So (laughs) Whitley, thanks for joining me, man. Tony, man, I'm really glad to be here, actually. It's kind of, I'm honored to be here, and I'm kind of like,
1: it's kind of interesting to be like, how do I get myself in these situations where it's like you go from, you know, being Joe Schmo, and like people actually want you to sit down and yeah. like have a conversation about leadership and and your story yeah. and stuff so it's pretty I'm kind of amazed at how like
0: God puts me in a position now to, to talk about stuff you know yeah the the yeah. yeah the the intermingling that God puts us all through on this crazy crazy trip we call life yeah. um yeah. and and just the the connections that we're able to make yeah just with with everything from eating good eating good dumplings to, you know, just talking about Jesus. Yeah. Uh, it's it's fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I you know, it's it's pretty interesting just having a food truck. I mean, being in the food industry in general, like you get you get access to people you wouldn't have otherwise had access to, oh, yeah. you know, which uh-huh. is which is really, really cool. Like you said, we were talking about earlier before we started, you know, about the uh, you getting to sit down with people and hear their story and talk to what is their passion, what are they what's the purpose that they serve, you know, and things yeah. like that. And and just having a food truck and selling food, you know, which is, is more than a transaction for us. Like we oh, really yeah. want to be heart to heart and connect with people and, and are really community driven, you know, yeah. trying to be impactful. But that kind of thing just opens up doors for you to just meet all kinds of people. Yeah. It's, just,
0: it's your platform. Yeah. I mean, you get people come to you because your mm-hmm. food's good and then a way that you can impact them directly with your food but then also the, the deeper meaning behind dumps like a truck, which right. we'll get into. Yeah. Um, it's just so awesome. <laughs> Man, um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself, where did you grow up, mm. uh, how did you get to Auburn?
1: Uh, I, was, I was born in Montgomery, but I, my dad's from Union Springs, Bullock okay. County, um, I lived my first five years there, don't remember any of it, busted my head, had this accident, that's pretty much all I remember Dude, from me those too. years. Did you really? I
0: did, when I was like 11. 12, yeah.
1: yeah. Jacked up your skull. And I don't remember anything <laughs> before that, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> really, serious, serious business playing backyard football. Mm. It was it was nuts. I, I was it was had to have emergency surgery and stuff. But oh gosh. Anyway, uh, moved. They moved us to, out of Union Springs to Montgomery, and then my parents split. I think when I was about eight years old, uh, I moved with my mom and my sister to Prattville. My dad stayed in Montgomery, and then from third to seventh grade, I was in Prattville. Then in eighth grade, before eighth grade, I moved to Auburn and okay. ended up graduating Aub- Auburn High School in two thousand and one, uh, and stayed here for college for about two years. Um, before I just called it quits because I hated school at that yeah. time. was yeah. no fun. It's, you know, for me, at that time, it was terrible. I ended yeah. up getting back in school and things yeah. like that, but but it just wasn't for me at that time. I felt like, because I was going to Southern Union, it felt like I was in 13th grade, <laughs> and I still see so many familiar faces, and I think I didn't realize like how much I just wanted to get out and experience the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I was kind of trapped by, by lack of finances and, lack of honestly, like lack of vision and lack of purpose in my life, and I think that actually, you know, I think inside was like was like bubbling up like I got to get out of here and do something and I think that manifested in in me just like rebelling and not going yep. to school you know
0: so you so you're here in Auburn now mhm um what kind of jobs did you have before you, you talk earlier we t- you you mentioned leaving a job to do to mm-hmm. do this dumps like a truck mm-hmm. so what what were you doing before before you kind of had this calling
1: cool here we go all right this is where it'll go this is where we'll pick up from 2003 right yeah. so like i was or 2001, I graduated high school, dropped out of college in 2003, hated it, moved across the country, you oh, wow. know, okay. uh, just worked as a waiter and stuff, and just really built up a testimony for myself being stupid, like uh-huh. just making bad decisions and being just not a really good human being. I think if you looked at my demeanor, they're like, oh, he's a good dude. And I think I always had a decent heart, but it's like, it just, I was just so selfish. And yeah. anyway, I ended up moving around the country a little bit and got back in college in 2006. And I knew I didn't want to come back to you. Auburn because it was too small for me at that time and mm-hmm. and once you get out to see stuff you're like I don't want to go back to my own small town and um, but I needed in-state tuition <laughs> so I went to UAB which was really good for me because it's a bigger city and mm-hmm. uh, explored some programs but but finally just fell in love with international studies and I got to study a language um, I started with Spanish and then ended up just saying that's not strategic enough like mm-hmm. trying to employ wisdom a little bit even yeah. though i feel like i didn't have much of that time you know and <laughs> yeah. um i changed to chinese right okay and it was around that time at like the end of 2007 beginning of 2008 that i had this like radical encounter with with god's love and um i had i was just kind of I, I would like find myself at bars at like three o'clock in the morning just drinking by myself i had a girlfriend at the time and i was just not faithful mm-hmm. and um you know being promiscuous and all these things like i said just really building a testimony but just kind of digging a hole for my heart where I just felt so empty and miserable but I always literally always felt God saying I'm calling you back come back home come back Mm -hmm. home his voice was always there and it was in but I think the end of 2007 where you know I tried to like all right I'm going to start trying to go to church or something and like just meet this soul need that I have or clean myself up. And mm-hmm. I would try. And of course I'd fall back into, into, to, to sin and all kinds of stuff. But, but it was in 2008, man, I just was, I spent some time praying one night and it was like, I had a vision and it was a very short vision. It was like maybe three seconds long, but it's like, I, I saw Christ crucified mm-hmm. and it split second. And like in that moment everything just changed i can't explain everything that i ever heard and that was in my head like finally made its way to my heart about like god loves me so much this is why he died for you and things like that Mm -hmm. in that moment like everything changed i didn't become perfect but man that just radically transformed me and i just like the love that i experienced in that moment usually i'll I'll start weeping when i'm telling this story because it's Uh still i mean 10 11 years down the road it still just carries so much weight with me yeah um but from that moment is when I just said, I can't have any more, like I can't live for anything else, like you, have, you take all of me right now, whatever that looks like. And so the, the next few months I just spent digging into to scripture and like just really trying to search out who is God and like what's your heart and why do you love me and all these kinds of things. And mm-hmm. I got to study abroad and go to China in 2008 and, um, and when I was in China during that time. That's when i felt called to full-time ministry and i'm like god i don't know what full-time ministry means does that mean i go to seminary just a very limited view at that time but um finished up that and then came back and finished up my last term and during that whole time i was in my last term at uab i was praying like god what does this mean and i heard very clearly in my spirit is like don't stay here i'm like oh snap okay so that means to Go abroad, okay? So what do I do, right? And mm-hmm. anyway, he put some options on the table, and and through prayer and all that kind of stuff, I ended up going back to China as a missionary in 2009. And so in 2009, I joined an organization called ELIC. Uh, I had to raise some money and all that. Mm-hmm. I hate raising money yeah. so bad. But I went back on a one-year commitment as doing missions. Ended up staying until 2016. Yeah. So before I started dumps like a truck, I was in China for seven to eight years doing ministry and missions. Really, just a season of wilderness season where like Mm -hmm. I got to spend hours a day with God and like my heart just kind of meshed and became one with and I I think it was a part of his plan you know for that coming back to the states and everything because we had after I'd gotten married in 2010 and stuff I'm like you know what I think I am going to move back to the states eventually and you know but but he had me in this this wilderness season where I could just be with him Mm -hmm. and like actually fall in love and and it's you know that I had it I know I had that encounter in 2007 2008 but I had like another just this this journey and it was hard my first year in missions. And then uh, in 2010, I had this, this this moment where, cause I was really into deep into theology and really like trying to pay God back. Cause I was, I, I was always aware that I was unworthy of his grace and how, mm. how, how he loved me and, and stuff. So I'd always try to live my life in such a way that I was paying him back, you know, for something. Like it's my duty, he deserves this, right? Mm. And that burned me out even as a missionary. Oh, yeah. But in 2010, it's like, it's like I was turned on once more to the love of God and I'm reading Romans and you know it was it was for love that he became the sacrifice for us and just that simple truth right there revolutionized my pretty newfound relationship with God early on like my first year or two walking with God and since 2010 it's just been this romance uh, of walking and it was this season of wilderness of just being able to soak in God and, and and become one with his heart and and when I started carrying a real message about hope, and who He is, and what intimacy with God looks like, and how you got to preserve the secret place and stuff, and so anyway, so uh, 2016, my wife and I moved back to the United States because we were like, you know what, we want to start a family, and we also think that we can be more impactful here, using our gifts, our talents and stuff, than we are in China. So I moved back here in 2016, I thought Auburn would be a transient place, you Mm -hmm. know, and it would like take me to a bigger city, but um, a man... uh, that I'm close to, he was like, you know what? You should check out Auburn Global. I'm like, what the heck is Auburn Global? So uh-huh. I looked into it, saw a job description for an advisor um, for international students. And I was like, that's a perfect fit for me. Cause we moved back here on faith, didn't have a job or anything like yeah. that. Didn't have any savings, you know, doing missions work and, and education over there. You don't make a lot of money unless yeah. you start a school or something. So moved back and then got this job as an advisor, which was cool. Cause my passions found an outlet, which is coaching people mm-hmm. and, and, you know, being, being a big brother to some of these students who yeah. were who were coming in, international students first time living abroad, things like that. And so, but then in February of this year I ended up leaving that job in order to pursue the food truck. So it's a long, long, long no, story. But I feel like the background's kind of the background's really
0: important. Yeah. Um, we were talking a little earlier about Auburn Global and for those who, who don't know what Auburn Global is and you can you can touch on this as well, but it's it's an incredible program that Auburn University has, and I'm sure other universities have, um, where it's it's almost like a white glove service where mm. you're really taking international students who are coming into a country for the first time, probably huge language barrier. You're meeting them at the airport, bringing them in, you know, having having someone that can get them to the university, but not only just get them to the university, but help ingrain them in the, in the community and show take them to where they need to go to get their groceries and stuff it's a, it's a really cool program but then on top of that you have the educational support side of it as well yeah, um, yeah for real absolutely absolutely it was, it was you know and prof- this is my first professional
1: setting job you know because when I, mm-hmm. as soon as I graduated you know up to then it's like my job was like oh I was a waiter or doing something like that but then I moved over to which which is great and it's on, Right? I don't, I don't Yeah, that yeah. that really trained me a lot of ways in people skills and and, and customer service and whatnot oh, yeah. um i was like i didn't know how that was going to translate over i'm like i've never actually worked for somebody because i would negotiate my own contracts in china after because i left my organization after the first year because i didn't want to raise money anymore i was like i can actually stay in the same city and do the exact same thing and like just love people and build relationships and have community and I don't even have to raise money for it, so that's yeah. what I took that route, you know. Yeah. And so, but um, so this was my first professional job, and there were some road bumps, you know, some some bumps along the road, uh, yeah. on the way and stuff. But um, it was it was cool because, like I said, I had a it was an outlet for my passion, you know, which was just one on one. So I got to meet with students, the majority of whom were Chinese, but then students from countries like Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Pakistan, uh, United Arab Emirates, like these places where. Uh, Otherwise, I wouldn't have had access to them, you know, and so uh, just getting to build relationships with them and then coach them through life. Like, how do you navigate life in the United States when you've never been here before and you might not even speak the language very well? So Auburn Global Global itself has has put a lot of amazing advisors and teachers and uh, just leadership in general uh, at Auburn University and they just provide everything from language the pathway program into Auburn University so that when they go full time to Auburn University they'll be successful that's awesome you know? they're made they're an amazing company and if I wasn't if I wasn't my own boss maybe me and my wife had this had this this talk you know I was like I never want to work for anybody ever again yeah if I don't have to because it's, it's it's really cool what I'm getting to do right and fulfilling yeah. but I would go back to Shorelight Education which is the mother company of Auburn Global I'd go back to them in a heartbeat yeah. Yeah. That's
0: awesome. It's, mm-hmm. it's good to know that there are companies out there that really do have the best interest of the international students. I mean, in the United States, you know, we're not going to get into political arguments or discussions or anything like that, but in the United States there's a there's an interesting immigrant uh, dynamic going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have universities and organizations like Shorelight and Auburn Global that are really trying to turn the turn the head on that and really you know, try to show people compassion and love when they're coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hopefully that can help spark some some good debate going up the chain eventually one day.
1: Yeah. Um, absolutely, absolutely. We they ran into issues with border border things. Some of the closed countries, students would get turned away. You know. <sighs> things like that it's uh, and we're even being married to a Chinese wife now there's a new pilot I don't know how new it is but you know unless you're immediate family you can't bring them over even when you're a citizen so like my wife when she becomes an American citizen because she only had who's Chinese by the way um, when she's only got a green card now but when she becomes a citizen like let's say something happens to her dad like she has no way of bringing her mom over because she's not not a child or or a spouse you yeah. know so we're like oh man like what's this going to look like if if something happened you know so yeah being on that side of things now you know yeah. i see all the students having trouble and they were all worried like am i going to get kicked out of the country when all the stuff was happening last year you know mm-hmm. with, with immigration with the borders and and things and but now we're on that side and we're like, oh man, what, what would happen? And we're not people of fear whatsoever, but we're just yeah. thinking like we- You got a plan I, for the future. I want, my, I want my family with us, you know? We're yeah. very collectivistic people now, you know? Yeah. Like I want my wife's family with us. We love them. Like we, yeah. if they can ever move to the United States and live
0: in our house with us, like we're cool. Like that's yeah. what we want and we can- From following you on social, they they were here for for a visit here recently? Mm-hmm, they're still here, they're still okay. here. They okay. leave Thursday. Okay, awesome. Yeah.
1: yeah, and they're helping us a lot with the business. Helping us get it off the ground. Oh, yeah. it's a. It's a Really new business. Yeah, so. it's a really. I mean, it's
0: been around. Okay. Um, um, how did you decide that you wanted to start a food truck, much less a food truck with a name dumps like a truck? <laughs> All
1: right, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna try to be concise. Uh, it, you know, it, when I moved back to Auburn, um, I think I think it was just. It, Kind of came together because of my experiences in China. Like, I fell in love with dumplings. Like, her mom uh-huh. made incredible dumplings, right? So good. In 2014, I mean, I was posting like an Instagram picture and there was this really cool picture of dumplings, like, on a tray that they were just doing at home. And I took a picture and I was just hashtag, just practicing my hashtag game. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, hashtag yeah. dumps like a truck. Because that's dumplings dumps like, yeah, you know, and people, absolutely. It's a, it's a slang term for dumplings in, in the United States. So I was like, oh, it dumps like a truck. And then I told my wife, I was like, you know, that'd be a really cool name for like a food truck one day. This is in 2014 when I lived in China, <laughs> right? Anyway, we moved. We didn't know what the future held but we moved back here and my exposure to settling down here in Auburn first and then my exposure like to all the Chinese students that were here Mm -hmm. and seeing how they had to you know go across town to get any kind of authentic experience I'm like man there's really a need here for Chinese students to have authentic Chinese food that's accessible you know students especially Mm -hmm. Um, so we saw the need and the market for it and then we we just kind of sat down and had had a date me and my wife and we we were talking about okay if we're gonna if we're gonna go after anything like starting our own business we need to be able to um, meet we want to feed chinese people but we also want to do keep it something simple to where we don't stretch ourselves too thin, and you have so many options. You know, you want to be known and have a theme and have an Absolutely. identity, right? Uh-huh. And you also want locals to be able to get on board, and we can introduce local cuisine to people who, you know, if you go to a Chinese restaurant, some people are like, okay, I'll order some 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 dumplings, but it's not it's actually not that often. Um, we want to give them the true northeastern Dongbei, which means mm-hmm. northeastern China, Dongbei experience, and uh, and just. Mm, feed American faces at the same yeah. time so like all these things but we're like okay but but if this business is all about us like we're gonna fail and we don't want the bit like our, the reason for our existence is not to live for ourselves mm-hmm. We're no matter what we're doing every single day it's like we're on mission we're serving a purpose we want to impact the world okay how can we incorporate that into this food truck right mm-hmm. and so the whole dumps like a truck thing, it's just I mean, it just kind of all came together with there being a dumps and the whole dumps like a truck. I was just really enthralled with the name. I was like, that's gotta be the name, but we have to have a cause attached to it to where it, it incorporates my passions for international missions, um, our passion for food, our passion for impacting the local community and, mm-hmm. and also not just being having like a heavy investment and lots of overhead in the beginning. So like Honestly, I felt God was with us every single step of the way in the decision-making process and the ideas. And so we uh, the ministry that we attached to it was in third world dumps. Um, So the dumps stands for dumplings, and the dumps Mm -hmm. also stands for the third world dumps. Mm -hmm. And if you remember the dumps like a truck, it comes, it's a line from an old Cisco song in like 99 or 2000 from Mm -hmm. the thong song, right? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and so, but but my wife and I wanted to put a redemptive spin on it. The original idea was, okay, we'll go to these third world dumps where these kids live and scavenge for survival and they don't wear any shoes and they could get cuts on their feet. And when they do, they don't have access to medical care. And then they could lose their foot or they get an infection. They can even die from something really simple like that. Mm -hmm. So we're like, you know what? I've, I've seen shoe ministries before. Why don't we start a thong sandal ministry? You know, where we can, So we put a redemptive spin on the word thong and uh-huh. started with saying we're going to put thong sandals on the feet of these children. But honestly, that's, that's the original idea. But since that time, it's kind of like, what good is it? I mean, shoes on the feet of children who live and scavenge in the dumps, but they, it doesn't solve their problem. You know, like we don't attack the root. And we're like, here's some shoes, now go back and enjoy your time in the dumps. Hopefully you don't get a cut. You know, like how do we attack the root? So we did some research and found a a nonprofit who works very closely with these kids who it's really like a discipleship training program where they actually go into the dumps or these, these labor camps in the third world and they recruit these kids to like participate in their program and they do it all by their own will um, they give them a, uh, a uniform because a lot of these kids don't have anything, but yeah. they give them a uniform so they can know what it means to have a sense of responsibility to take care of something to you know but then yeah. they, they they train them and equip them and and character and integrity and what it looks like to serve your community and how like hey you actually have a purpose your the surroundings these dumps this 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 harsh labor camp doesn't define your purpose like you're Man. not limited to this mm-hmm. you can actually make an impact in the world even though it seems like you have nothing right yeah. and so they're so they're equipping these kids but then they also have this program where if they get sponsored they'll take these kids and they'll give them they'll it'll uh, the money that they would need. The reason they have to scavenge is because they don't have money, mm-hmm. right? Or they have to work in camps just because, or in, in factories just because they don't have money. This covers that. So now they can actually be free to go to school, to get an education, to to have their, to chase dreams, basically, yeah. right? And then you can break the cycle of poverty. And by the time that happens, and they graduate, guess what? They've already got these. They already know what it means to serve their fellow man. They already know what it means to make an impact, and what it means to be a person of integrity and love and community-driven, right? And so when success comes they can pour back into that community so it's we see like we're like let's attack the root of this and So we partner with that with that organization
0: yeah, I think that's so awesome I think a lot of times um, people unknowingly will throw money at a problem mm-hmm. um, thinking that that's gonna that just throw money at it or throw a band-aid on it mm-hmm. but when you when you're looking for a, for the cause of the problem mm-hmm. I think that's so much more I mean it's it's important to help everybody sometimes you do just have to throw money at the problem but go and Into the dumps, like with this organization, and empowering these kids to change and to to know that they can change their situation.
1: And that's the name of it is Empowering Young Warriors Asia. Actually, so that's that's their whole goal is to empower people. so So, yeah, and and. The cool thing about about what we do with you know we give our tips and we give a portion of our our profits to to this ministry and what we get to do is like we get the a lot of a lot of the community members want to give their money to something worthwhile but they don't know where to start or they don't know what's worthwhile and we actually give them an outlet for that so it's it's cool to see that they know that by coming to eat with us they're making a difference they're getting some good food but they're making a difference but then you have people um, who I won't name drop or anything because I don't know if they want that, you know, they yeah. don't want their left hand to know what their right hand is doing, but, yeah. you know, somebody wrote us a $500 check the other day just to give to the kids, Yeah. and it's like, this is just, this is super cool. Are people leaving like extra big tips because they know that that money is going to go to the kids and they haven't, you know,
0: like, it's yeah. just, that's just, you leave feeling good, you yeah. know, you leave feeling good. It's, and then, then, you know, they're getting good food, they're, they're giving back and then i know that when you and your wife are in the in the truck and you're cooking and, and you're handing out the food and you see those big tips come in and you're just yeah. like god yeah. i know that this is the reason why you have me in auburn this time that's right that's right that's right and, it all, it's it just all a validation you know?
1: absolutely a validation is a very good way to put it you yeah. know there's been there's been lots of validations along the way but but day in and day out that we're on that truck we experience that yeah yeah I wanna go back, man. I'm ready. First trip to the Philippines for this for the business was actually back in March. Uh-huh. And February and March. And man, I hadn't been able to go back since we were planning to go back this next week. Mm-hmm. And you know, the timing of everything. My wife's fourteen weeks pregnant yeah. now. We're gonna open a to go storefront. Yeah. It's like just the timing isn't isn't working out. And yeah. I don't know, man. I'm just I'm so I'm itching to go back. Yeah. I'm I'm like Finances, Lord, bring me yeah. some finances, maybe we can
0: wait. My wife be out of her first trimester. Maybe we'll go in October. So yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's, a, it's a nice little nice little ride on a plane. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not just get there, you know, in a no. couple hours. I had two
1: 12 twelve-hour flights to get there. I had a twelve-hour flight to Istanbul, which I did on purpose. I mean, I could have spent more money and had more of a direct flight, but yeah. I was like, you know, I want to go spend some time in in Turkey and go check out the mosques oh, yeah. and stuff oh, over gosh, there. Yeah. So I went there, and then uh, yeah, went to went to Manila, and they took us around. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And Filipinos are incredible people. Oh, I can only imagine. I mean, incredible people. It doesn't matter, you know, poor or, you know, poor or rich. They're all, it's almost like they're all really interested in you being there. Like, one of the things I think is cool about having a biracial baby is mixed blood, I think, is how you say it in Chinese. Yeah. But um, our child, even though they're going to grow up in the West, unless God calls us elsewhere, is that they're going to have that Chinese identity, too. And so it's really, really important for them to know what it means to be Chinese and the, the incredible culture and history that that carries. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's I'm excited about that being an integral part of who my child is. Cause I'm not Chinese, you know, I'm not yeah. a married Chinese person, but I, I can't imagine, I think it's going to be a beautiful thing. You know, yeah. it might create some identity crisis. Like, am I more, yeah, yeah. am I more white or am I more Chinese or like what's going Six on? months in China, <laughs> six
0: months in the U S <laughs> six mm-hmm. months in the Philippines, you know, somewhere,
1: <laughs> but, I, but man, if, 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 if our, if, if we raise our kids, right. And, and our children allow God to speak into their identity mm-hmm. and really confirm who they are, you know. Something that could be like an identity crisis or not really knowing who they are could really be empowering. And they can yeah. have double the impact on this oh, society yeah. and Chinese society. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's
0: exciting. We're raising warriors, man. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I mean you know, it's, 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 it's a hard day in, day out mm-hmm. uh, raising kids. But um, me and my wife are, are watching a um, uh, a parenting Curriculum because we're thinking about doing a parenting small uh, small group in the fall, Mm -hmm. and it's talking about you know there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books on parenting, hundreds Mm -hmm. of books on parenting, tons of curriculum on parenting. There's there are very few there are a lot less verses in the Bible than there are curriculums out there. Mm -hmm. Gary Thomas speaks to that if we live our lives in a way that projects Christ, we will have raised our kids if we just live if we just live it out. There's always going to be the hard parts of parenting. But that was an interesting perspective. It's like, if I just do what God tells me to do, yeah. and I follow him, and my kids see that, mm-hmm. then yeah. God's got them. Yeah. And we're just stewards of them while they're, while they're in our house. And it's like, man. Yeah. Never, that's so good. Like, I heard that this morning. I'm like, that's, that's so good. Yeah. I was telling my wife, I
1: was like, man, like, I, I can't, and people, I'm just like, when I think about holding a baby... I can't help like you know, (laughs) like you know, we always have these songs about Jesus, like "Oh, way in a manger," and it's Uh, all about him being a ball-headed, you know, like very gentle baby. But like, he was, he was God's game plan. He was God's war strategy. Yeah, you know what I mean. No plan B. No No plan. Like this is this this. He came to destroy the devil's works and to accomplish it. And so like when I think about like. My kid, even, yes, I'm gonna, I know that whenever my child comes, I'm going to fall in love with my child and I'm going to get, you know, mushy over our, ch- uh-huh. my, our, ch- our child, right? Uh-huh. But at the same time, I can't help but visualize, like, see a grown man or a grown woman, you know, Because oh, yeah. and be like, this person's going to be 20, 30, 40, and they're going to be making decisions one day. And I don't mean like, like I, I, I don't mean for that to sound like, oh, man, he's going to be really strict. That's not what I mean. It's like I actually have this incredible privilege and responsibility to show this child what it means to walk with Christ on a daily basis you know and what it means to be a person of impact and from day one for them to know like you you are a person that is brought here for a purpose just like jesus was you know and as the father sent jesus i send you do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and like and so like we're talking about birthdays and everything like how are we going to handle birthdays because in the culture here you know it's really it's it just is what it is. In the yeah. South, especially, we, we say, yeah, we're so happy that you're alive. We're so happy that you're here, you know. Yeah. Like, I tell people, like, they're like, happy birthday to you. And I was like, I didn't do nothing but show up. Like, I yeah. can't. It's not like yeah. I had any say in it, right? Yeah. But, like, and <laughs> with our, you <laughs> know, I'm just kind <laughs> of here. Thank my parents, yeah. you know. But, like, I, of course, we're going to we're gonna try to balance it where we celebrate their life. And we let our children know, like, we are so glad that you are here. And you make, mm-hmm. we, we're just Oh, we're just so happy but at the same time like you're here for a purpose and so like instead of like being somebody who receives gifts on their birthday what is it like if you go be the gift to somebody yeah, on their birthday yeah, yeah. so like do service projects with our children mm-hmm. they're like hey let's what if I put a gift in your hand but that gift is for you to go give somebody else so that way they're actually trained in their childhood and as they grow up they're like man I'm actually here for some something bigger than myself yeah. you know so these are the ideas that we're playing with we don't have, have kids yet but you yeah. know no, this is so you and
0: your wife <laughs> Tangents. Are, yeah, Tangents. So you, you and your wife are in this are in this little you know, food truck. Yeah. Day in and day out when you when y'all are when you are out there, whether you're at Orange Theory or mm-hmm. you know, over on the on the quad feeding feeding Chinese students or you're at Acre restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that dyna- dynamic like, you know, working that closely to your wife on a, on a daily basis without getting without getting you in trouble? Um, <laughs> she, I mean, what, she She's short. She's got a short attention span. She will not listen to this she, whole thing. Yeah. She ain't got time <laughs> for all this. We're 20, 30 minutes in. She's like, get it, five minutes. I heard him. He did it. Great. That's yeah. where he said he was going to be. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but, you know, what what's that dynamic mm-hmm. like? Her, is it her recipes, her family recipes? Mm-hmm. and yeah. Then, yeah. Do you ever... Do you ever say, hey, maybe we should try this spice in there? And she's like, no, stay away. You know, what's that dynamic
1: like? It's a combination of both. Like, first of all, I suck at cooking. So, like, you know, the funny thing is, like, people see me and it's like, hey, it's the face of Dumps. Like, hey, it's the Dumps guy. It's the dumpster guy. You know, it's the dumpling fella. And I'm like, that's cool because I'm, I'm like the PR, the marketing guy, uh-huh. the, the guy who goes out and builds relationships with local businesses. I'm doing the thing that I'm skilled at and that I love to do, and that's build yeah. relationships with people, right? Yeah. And like, and, and win people, you yeah. know? I get to, that's that's why if I ever went back to like Shorelight, I try to do recruiting because like yeah. as much as I enjoy counseling and stuff, I can do that on, an, I can meet one-on-one with young men any, you know, any time, yeah. despite what my job is, you know? I don't want to yeah. If I was to have another job, it'd probably be
0: recruiting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's kind of uh, interesting too, as 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 Christians, we're basically recruiters, right? Mm. We're supposed to be recruiters. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's a that's a cool you know dynamic. You talk about spiritual gifts, you yeah. know, recruiting and leadership and pastoring and shepherding. Mm-hmm. Oh, shepherding.
1: Yeah. Shepherd, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah my, I'd say at the end of the day, my heart is to shepherd, even if I'm gifted at this and that. Like my heart is to shepherd, and people don't see it behind the scenes, but like. Like, my big prayer is to be a father. And I don't mean just like, let me be a father to to my own children, but like, let me be a father to a generation. So, one of the prerequisites I put on God, you know, yeah. but not really, but like, for me to move back here and for me was, I wanted to disciple young people college students yeah and within three months i got a random phone call like hey i got three guys moving to auburn and i've been hanging with them for about six months to a year discipling them would you want to and i was like i ain't even got to pray about it absolutely yeah. and that just opened up doors so I god to spend, I've been picking up
0: the phone and saying, hey i'm sending you three
1: golly right you know Damn, like and so me pouring into these people because i you know i might have a food truck this is my job but that's my passion is yeah. to raise up you know a generation of people who are just desperately in love with God and want to leave that impact on the world just you know Um, but anyway uh, you know with my wife she it is her recipe it's her mom's recipes and we she she, she's just very talented in the kitchen so she just throws stuff together this is it's a basic Chinese dish or a mix on things Mm -hmm. and it's just so good and we determine together whether we're going to sell it so we try to keep the main thing the main thing bao dumplings buns and things like that but Mm -hmm. I'm I'm the biggest critic of our food so if I'm like, this is off, the texture's off, or the taste is off, like I'll just, you know, she she doesn't want to hear it, but she knows that it's it really makes a difference for yeah for uh, the quality of the food and stuff. So you no, know, I you know she'll get me do some, doing some stuff in the kitchen, but she know I didn't leave a job to stay in a kitchen. That's not where my gifting is. So and she's I mean she's great with people as well, but the dynamic, the way that it works, she's on that truck busting her butt doing stuff, and I'm on the truck like dealing with the people and building relationships and oh. taking money of course I gotta take some of that yeah. money you know yeah. <laughs> uh, but like that's that's what I'm doing so it's it's really a perfect fit for us yeah. and then with my wife she's just a very you know dynamic ambitious person she is so and amb- she is the only reason we are where we are uh-huh. like for real like if she wasn't behind the scenes push like I said I, I was, that's where I was going with that is like people see my face but sh- man, she's the workhorse. <laughs> you know like she's the one that's m- making moves and making things happen she's the reason the truck got built she's the reason we got the licenses she's the reason we got approval for this and that she's the reason that that she'd wake up at like three o'clock in the morning hit the kitchen and just start cooking and you're just like man she's she's the one i might be you might see my face but she's the one you know yeah and her parents oh my gosh like just the way that they've helped us out They're generous with their time and their energy Mm -hmm. and their finances as well Mm -hmm. you know i mean they've we wouldn't be here for our parents. And they have key
0: players along the way. But
1: yeah, anyway, my wife, she's a bomb.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, she's a bomb. It's so, it's so important. I mean, as entrepreneurs, especially a team, mm-hmm. is that you're both pushing each other and um, that you both see the end goal because there's going to be those early mornings and there's going to be those late nights. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, you've got to have that support network and, and being able to work together. Mm-hmm. I, I know that that it can be trying on your marriage. Oh, man, also, yeah. like, at the end of the day, it, it, you're better – for having been in that situation and it strengthens your marriage
1: that's absolutely right that's absolutely right it can definitely be refining yeah at times especially with our personalities you know being here at Church of the Highlands you know it's you're familiar with the whole DISC program like the personality DI oh yes yeah. right and like my wife is a strong D, like she, <laughs> she is right but I'm like an S and an I right yeah. like almost equally so and and so like these were we just we play it we play on each other really really well but it Yes, at the end of the day, it can be very trying and very refining, but man, where else would I want to be except for like the person I love most in this world? Exactly. Like, I actually get to spend time with her in that capacity, and she grants, she's, of course, she grants me time away, you know, where she's like, she's like, go do your thing, mentor mentor these young men, mm-hmm. hey, don't forget the secret place, go spend time in prayer, do this, because she knows yeah. the kind of man I'm going to be is always going to overflow out of that, you know, yeah. out of my, my purpose of yeah. walking with God. That's so and, important. Yeah, she's good. She's... She's good
0: what's next for dumps like a truck mm, mm. you mentioned uh, there you got a you got a, a storefront that you're kind of working on mm-hmm. um, here at, here in the Auburn area uh, what what's next what's coming out of that maybe what's what's down the road yeah that's a good question um,
1: <clears throat> yeah next step is getting the storefront going it, we've had that place for almost three months and just the work has come by so slowly it's, it's just but you know as as from a business mindset like we have to get this off the ground within the next month before the students come back and so but you know I think there's a the way that normal people do business like a normal restaurant would be open five six even seven days a week like we we want to be wise as business people and say um, be open the right amount of time but not at the same time be let let not the business control us like let's 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 control the business kind of thing and so we're we're wanting to keep the main we never want to reduce our lives down to being business owners that's a good thing but it's just a tool you know it's a tool in the hands of god like we, we want to steward this thing we're thinking about opening for breakfast three four times a week having a set place just doing breakfast four times a week starting with that take the truck out do lunch occasionally and do special events but not kill ourselves working too much you know uh-huh. Um, you know if, if people like they show up and it's like Monday you're not open wait Tuesday you're not open what kind of business plan is this This is stupid you know but it's our business plan and we don't yeah. have to succumb to the pressure of doing things the way other people exactly. do if we if we set the blueprint strong from the very, from the beginning, very beginning then people know what to expect they're like oh they're open Wednesday through Saturday for breakfast. And it breakfast. creates a demand. That's it. And and well. de- Man people think it's crazy I mean the reason we, one of the reasons we sell out every single time almost is because like like, we didn't open but one day last week. And, and that's not because we don't want to open more, it's because we got family stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't want to sacrifice my family stuff, you know, and, and, and being present, being mm-hmm. in the now for, for selling food and making money. Like, I really believe the guy's gonna bring the money because he yeah. knows our heart. And I, I really believe that the money's gonna come because he knows what we're gonna do with it. Like, we want money so we can give money. Like, at the end of the day, that's what we want to do. We yeah. want to be generous. We want to impact the community and we want to impact the world as well. Like that being the case he's not going to withhold things from us because he can he can trust us with it you know what i mean exactly and we bear his heart so next step is getting that up and running uh, really coming up with a very strategic game plan about what what the, taking the truck out will look like you know what the menu options are going to be um, so that we don't, you know, oversaturate, you know, we don't want to give people too much of what we can. <laughs> if that makes sense. You know, yeah. we, want, we want the demand to stay there. We offer the same thing every single day, then the food truck would actually lose its appeal. Right, in, yeah. in, in a sense. And so um, that, and then we got to bring on some help. And then honestly, maybe even starting a nonprofit later on down the road. So we're, we're partnering with this amazing organization in Southeast Asia, but, but actually having our own organization, I think would would be probably ideal. You yeah. know? Yeah, but in the meantime, like I just, dude, is, if we can get people to actually run, it, like I'll, I think I'll always be there at the store yeah. or on the truck. I think that's always going to be an important part to what we do. My wife was like, I want an empire of food trucks, and think about the difference we can make if we have a hundred food trucks across the United States. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, great. That sounds awesome. And yeah. she'll probably make it happen. You know, but. Yeah but uh, and especially if they have to carry the model of giving their money away to the, to a cause. Yeah, like I absolutely mean, and they're cause driven as well so create
0: that in the franchise agreement <laughs> right
1: know. right and they have to <laughs> right so I honestly the next step the major step is finding some good help and and uh, getting ready for football season getting yeah. ready for the students to come back in football season and then we'll, we'll see how can we how can we pr- be present in the dumps of the mm-hmm. Philippines and other of some of those other countries over there um,
0: but also how to you know manage yeah. manage the business and my time here as well. So what's the biggest uh, barrier that you're facing right now in in terms of the business, in terms of that storefront? Like is it is it just time or is it mm-hmm. is it is it money you know to to get that open the way you want it? I know there was a business there before mm-hmm. and you had to clean up a lot of stuff that was there from the business yeah. before. Yeah. Um, but what's the? Is it? Is
1: it just having the time to do it? It's right. it's time and it's money. If we had the money, we could pay somebody to get it done. It'd be done in a week, okay. for real. But it's a it's a, a lack of a lack of time. Um, we have people coming out and saying, "Hey, man, like I want to help you," yeah. and then people will come and help. But it's 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 really far, you know, between like it's it's just not consistent enough to where we can actually get it done in, in the amount of time that it could actually be done. And for me to, and I'm not skilled. I'm not a plumber. Yeah. I, Suck at constructing things, or you know, I can clean things and scrape things, that's pretty cool. But I think it's it's a combination of time and capital. Like, we don't want to borrow money, Mm -hmm. you know, we want to be extremely honorable with our finances. And and some people, of course, it takes money to make money, you know, and but we just Mm -hmm. don't want to ourselves more in because i got student loans man yeah. but i don't want to put myself more in debt to get this thing off the ground so we really take that like church of the highlands approach you know with how yeah. they go off a 90 of the budget from the previous year you know yeah. and and then they're always then they, they only spend the money 50 of that they yeah. only spend 50 of it yeah. but it covers everything that they need and they yeah. only do it if they they have only the cash have the cash for it and so that's what we're that's what we're trying to do we're trying to be wise and not you know we're not trying to get too big for our britches man we don't you know i think the way to go right now is mobile anyway so i was like honestly we got a, a two-year lease on this place if that goes to if that goes to crap and the restaurant let's say the the, the brick and mortar to go restaurant doesn't work guess what we got the food truck we're going we're going to be straight you know like yeah. um yeah. we don't we don't need that this is kind of a test for us to see how that how that would go and i think two of the major things that, that are going to be that we're really gonna get to see is how much do we get to really cater to the Chinese students you know because they're the ones who buy up the breakfast mostly and yeah. so and then once we open up for dinner and start doing Chinese barbecue more and and things like that I think we're gonna see a really major you know impact on ourselves the sales the sales will go up the Chinese yeah. students love just the authentic food and it's like the only place they can really get it right yeah. and number two is like the the storefront's gonna serve as like a community center like we're gonna set it, even though it's a to-go place, like we want seats where people can come in and have some coffee with me, uh, you know, instead of saying, like, hey, let's go to Chick-fil-A and like, let's have breakfast, like with one of the guys, like a disciple or mentor or whatever, so like, hey, come over to my shop, yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, and, uh, and starting community projects, because we want, you know, like our church in the Highlands has their serve day, right? You mm-hmm. know, once the big one once a, uh, once a year, but then like every every uh, first Saturday, right, they yeah. have a serve day and they go out in the community. like that's people who belong to the church. I want people who don't belong to the church. I want, you know, I want people, I want uh, Miss Sally Mae over there who does not know the Lord and who's just aching to understand what her purpose and her, idea, yeah. you know, who she is. And I think there's no better way to do that than to, like through your through your hands, you know? Like yeah. if you actually start giving, giving away and start exercising your DNA and serving other people, because you're, you know, mm-hmm. if Jesus came to serve and not be served, like how much more like us, right? Yeah. And like we yeah. tap into our identity when we start serving. And so like, these people, I don't care if they know the Lord or not, but man, they're going to be impacted by going out and doing stuff. That's why, like when we when we're talking about going back to the Philippines, we're opening it up to whoever wants to come. I don't, you know, gangsters. I don't. I don't care who you yes. are. Come over and see these kids and serve these kids. And I guarantee you, by the time you leave. You will have encountered the love of God so strongly that your life will be changed. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. we, we want to impact the community on a personal, one-on-one, individual level, but also like I, we want it to make a difference. We want yeah. the people who support our business, our dumpsters, you know that we call them, our dumpsters to like go out and make a difference.
0: Yeah. Dumpsters for a difference. There we go, that's a new t-shirt. Yeah. I like so, it. So yeah, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Well, what's been the what's been the hardest thing so far in, in starting a food truck? Starting a business.
1: Um man, the hardest thing? I don't know I think just being stuck in my head just wondering if we're making the right decision with Mm -hmm. you know uh, with should we be selling more you know should we um, should we take this event how do we not overstretch ourselves and affect the quality or you know put a strain on our family but reject you know like we get offers to do things whether it's for churches or whether it's for other you know social events and things Mm -hmm. and like we just can't do all of them and honestly finding the balance between is that actually going to be profitable for us but then again how much is it about us it does not only about our our profit like we need to be willing to engage and serve the community as well so like where's the balance as business owners but also as as believers you know we want and our desire to make that difference. Cause so many people have given to us and done things that were not profitable for them yeah. and it's benefited us. Like we want to give back and do that too. So I think that's the, that's the hard thing. So the month of August, like her parents are gone. So that makes that they're gone for six months. So that really makes our decisions much easier. Like, I'm sorry, I can't handle a load that capacity. All I can handle yeah. right now is serving breakfast for two hours, you know, yeah. like it, so that, that helps. But I think that's probably the biggest obstacle because you never want to offend people and but people are people and they will likely get offended they're like man he never does anything for us or I thought he was really community driven but yeah. they don't see the inside of like your heart is to serve everybody but you just don't have the capacity yeah so how do you how do you how do you navigate those situations with wisdom and with grace in a way yeah. that that they know that they're loved and that they're cared for and that you really do care about them but you just can't do it yeah. you know something yeah Hopefully people don't get offended at us, but but we also have to guard ourselves against offense at oh, people yeah. who might who yeah, might. Because that's the
0: enemy trying to get in there to nullify in your head what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like if you didn't do this, then you
1: actually disqualified yourself
0: from, you know, people people,
1: whole grudges. I mean, dude. Here, let me say this real quick. <laughs> like uh, I was posting about a part one of these partnerships that we have with another local business, um, and like how grateful I am because these people have been so incredible to us, right? Yeah, and. Somebody commented and said, uh, they totally did this to us one time, right? And, yeah. and and we're just so deeply offended. They're like, I tell people, don't even ever go there. It's like, I will never go back there. And anybody else I can convince not to go back there, I will not go back. And it's like, I'm just thinking man like this one moment in time because I know the hearts of these people I was like I guarantee I guarantee you that was not their intention was to step on your toes you know yeah and if they would know they would try to change it or make it right or something like that but also like for you like your judgment like that really traps a a person in a moment in time you know and it provides no room for growth and you don't see the journey that they're on as people as well like you you know what I mean like the yeah. whole thing and I'll say something about politics real quick and it might not even end up on the podcast I don't know but like with Donald Trump right Like don't number one first first of all like if you're trying to get me to vote for him don't go out there and try to convince me that he's this super Christian who's even and get him to go misquote you know scripture yeah. talking at Liberty University like he don't make him out to be something he's not he's a man who's in need of the grace of God that's all he is right there but also don't don't send me a recording from 2004 where you know from from 15 years ago however long ago it was saying like this is how his view on women is it might still be but at the same time he might have grown as a person you got to allow for for the journey to take place and you got to believe that that god can really change hearts he might not be a perfect person i don't believe he is i don't even i don't agree with a lot of stuff that he thinks or says or does but But I I also know that every single person on this planet is on a journey to wholeness. And God wants them to encounter His love. And it's when they encounter that love that that's when things really start to take shape and change in their lives, you know what I mean? So getting stuck in a moment in time is dangerous. It's dangerous. I I know that I would hate for someone to take the 2004, 2005, 2006, 2007 Whitley Mm-hmm. And remember me that way. Yeah. Now, I'm not gonna go out and try to convince anybody else like you and know it's before like, hey, I thought, you know that's that's what I saw I was up to mm-hmm. then now I'm not you know absolutely I was, yeah. I was not a good person you know yeah. and I'm sorry for how I wanted you you know or, or yeah. whatever so
0: yeah no, anyway it's, it's important. I think a lot of people a lot of people hide behind social media and they, yeah. they really can attack people and you know I've, I've heard it said even on this podcast and other episodes, you know hurting people hurt people. Yes, there's oh, yeah. a lot of people out there that if you if you take them out of the context of what happened and you look and you 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 have the ability to, to talk to them in that situation where they're upset, you're going to find out that it's not necessarily about your food or about the customer service. Mm-hmm. There's something going on in their lives and they're just it's just a bad day for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. people got to allow for bad days.
1: You got to yeah. allow for bad seasons. You know, yeah. one of the things uh, I don't even remember the context, but it always stuck with me with, with concerning Jesus where. You know, uh, I think people had ended up who, had, in one moment, were like celebrating him, and the next moment, we're ready to kill him. And he's like, But well, Jesus did not give himself? Like he he guarded himself as a human from offense because it says he knew what was in man. Like he yeah. knows what man is capable of. He knows how how they're tossed to and fro by emotions and yeah. and by circumstances and pain and hurt. And you can never, you know, you never know what's going on in the life of another person. You know, and yeah. and, and sometimes, like if you're if you're income and your life, your, or your income or your business is tied to, to your, you know, like I can go to work and have a bad day and the company doesn't get discredited for that. Yeah. Right. But if I'm a business owner and I have a bad day, I lose like my business and I lose reputation as well, yeah. you know? So, yeah. you know, it's, 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 a difficult ground to, to trip. Yeah.
0: It's, it's important that, that people have grace for other people. Um, Whitley I got one last question for you and this is a deep one when you look back on your wife and, and your kids and your business international students your community here in Auburn and around the world when when it's your time to, to leave this earth and go to heaven to meet your father um, what do you want your legacy to be what do you want people to remember you by so that's, that's such a good question um, try to
1: Articulate it the best I can, you know, um, I think if you focus on the legacy itself then Like if I if I'm a legacy driven person, which I of course I want to leave a, a really solid legacy that inspires people and stuff And mm-hmm. but I know that if I live every day focused on the legacy itself It's gonna keep me from being genuine because I'm gonna try to portray something to people that might not be reality in that moment You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so like I think at the end of the day And I thought about this a lot. I think at the end of the day like I want, I want people, even on my grave, you know, my gravestone or my tombstone, like just friend of God. Like at, seriously, at the end of the day, like I just, I just want to be known as somebody who walked so closely and so in tune with Jesus. Every everything else will take care of itself. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if I'm, man, if I just maintain that intimacy, like I, I tell people. Like, I want my, that day when glory comes or when I pass over or whatever you want to call it, like, I want to walk so closely with Jesus right here, right now, that that moment will be as seamless and unsurprising as if I'd already been there. Do you know what I mean? Like, like it's kind of like I find myself in His presence. You know, like, what a tragedy would be if I, like, see the face of Jesus and don't recognize his face. You know what I mean? Like, how tragic would that be? Because, you know, like, a lot of times that... We end up making, making life about things. that's not. We even make the gospel about things. that's not because we, we talk a lot about heaven and hell. But like, like the gospel is not about going to about a place. It's about knowing a person. You know, like when, when I was separated from my wife for a while because she, and she was in China. I was just home visiting. We weren't separated. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I was in I was in I was in the United States and she was in China. Man, my heart longed. To go back to China. But why? It's not because the food or was good, the culture was good. It doesn't wasn't because China had streets of gold or I was gonna get a mansion. Like that that stuff was rubbish to me. It was just icing on the cake, you know, that I enjoyed China. It's because I actually got to be with the person I love most in the world. And yeah. if that's not my attitude towards towards Jesus, like is heaven even gonna be heaven to me? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. if it's not about the person, like I feel like we have a tendency to like be gold diggers as Christians, you know, and to promote a message of being gold. Like, you know, here, here's a here's a business related example, if I, can, if I can. We went to the hospital one day to serve at EAMC. We got invited out by somebody who's just really, really sweet girl, a very incredible person. Uh-huh. And she's like, come out to the hospital. People really wanna eat your food. And, and as it turns out, people didn't really wanna eat the food. Like that day we could tell the vibe was different, right? Whenever we were there, People came out to the truck because we were simply an alternative to the food offered in the cafeteria. Yeah. And there was, you know, when I sell in Auburn, people are pumped. They're like, I'm so excited. I've been waiting to try your food. Ah, you know, the vibe is different. But there it's like, so we came to a different option. Mm-hmm. It's like, we treat Jesus like that so often. We're like, I don't want to yeah. go to hell. So I think I'll choose God. You know, like, and it's like, what a misrepresentation of his yeah. heart. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, anyway, at the at the end of the day, I think for for my for my parents, for my friends, for my you know customers, for my children, I just I want my my life to display and that I walk very closely with Jesus, and it's evidenced. I mean, I don't just mean like in my words and in the grace I you know I give and the mercy I show and the generosity. Oh, yeah, I even mean the supernatural. You know, like I, I want there to be evidence that 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 God is real and yeah. that He loves the person in front of me. You know, and that, that he can move in their life in a powerful way, whether it's you know healing their bodies, you know opening blind eyes, or uh, you know you know removing cancer or, yeah. or whatever it might be. That I believe that the kingdom has a very. If there is a kingdom, then there is a king, and he rules. And there, wherever there's a kingdom, there's a manifestation of that rule. Yeah. There's evidence of that rule, right? And so, yeah. of course, I want my life to look to 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 display that, but not apart from walking with the king. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just want to walk with the king. And I think that over the course of time, he's going to transform my mind. He's going to change my heart. He's going to mold me and shape me to look more like him. And then as a result, the world's going to change, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's good. Man, I appreciate your time so much. Uh, I know y'all are crazy busy. you got lots going on. Uh, So, man, I appreciate
1: it man I'm like I am so honored to be here like I said I just find it really nuts that I find myself in a situation where I can share with I don't know how many people are going to listen to this but but the fact that I can take like to come here and you give me an opportunity to to share the testimony of God's faithfulness in our lives mm-hmm. and like why we do what we do like I'm hoping and praying that whoever
0: hears it you know yeah. will, will be impacted there's by a it. there's a purpose behind God putting us together today right somebody even if it's one person that listens to this podcast yeah it's going to be impacted by your story. I, I hope appreciate so, your time. I Hope so. My pleasure. Thanks, bro. Hey, this is your host Tony Orivette of the Leadership Legacy Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this past episode. It would mean the world to me if you would go and rate this podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. Show notes and information on today's guest are on leadershiplegacy.show.